This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I got to start off talking about these Sooners, man. They got cooked. Game over. I'm only starting the show with this because I had the unfortunate pleasure of watching this game live in Morgantown. It's my man Zach's birthday. Uh, he wanted to go to Morgantown and watch this game. I, was, I wasn't even thinking about this game until he brought it up. But then, you know, once he started talking about it, it sounded like a good idea. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, it's only a three and a half hour drive. So anytime, you know, him and his wife want to go to Morgantown, I'm down. But man, oh man. I was not prepared for what was going to happen. Now, they got blown out by TCU. I'm like, okay, TCU, they blew out Kansas, at Kansas. Okay, they're kind of on a roll, and we played at TCU. All right, I get it. Then they beat Alabama, the number two team in the country at the time. And it just took everyone by surprise, and it just brought everyone together. In celebration of OU basketball. And I was like, yes, we're on a roll now. If they can just play like that, if they can just play like that, we go into the tournament. I was like, none of this matters if we don't beat Oklahoma fake. And guess what happened? They lost to Oklahoma fake. Damn! In my mind, that just cancels. That just cancels their big win against Alabama. It just does. It just it makes it meaningless to me. And the game wasn't even close. They lost by like 15, maybe 20. It wasn't close. By the time I started watching, they were down 15. And they got swept by Oklahoma State. That's a no-no. That didn't happen my entire six years at OU. And... Five years before that. That's crazy. Unbelievable. That was embarrassing. But I was like, you know what? This team will use the embarrassment against a rival and come out and play against a slightly lesser West Virginia team. And they will fight and they'll find a way to win. And it looked like that at the beginning. Grant Sherfield was keeping us in it. It just looked like one of those days for him. It seemed like every time he pulled up for three, it was going in. They weren't, West Virginia wasn't stopping him. But everyone else just couldn't find the basket at the time. But they were staying afloat. Unfortunately, Stevenson from the other team was pretty much matching Grant Sherfield bucket for bucket. I thought it was going to be one of those games. By the time he made, what, his third three, Stevenson, I was like, oh, he's going to go for 40. He's going for 40. We, we already can't stop him. It's over. But I, I want to share something here about this game. Because here we go. I'm looking at the game cast now. Because in the first 10 minutes of the game, the largest lead West Virginia had was 11. Okay, cool. So we battled back and got it to three with an 8-0 run. I can't believe they went on an 8-0 run at any point of this game, but they did. Um, Nevertheless, it's 22-25 West Virginia. Grant Sherfield just made another three. Like He's killing them. They booed him out the gate because I took it as a sign of respect because they knew how good Grant Sherfield is. And he is the one that was going to make their lives miserable. However, this is where things fell apart. From that point forward, 9-21 in the first half, 25-22 West Virginia, 31-8. to if you remember 18 to 4 from the Kansas game in Lawrence, you would be satisfied with their next hit, 31 to 8 run by West Virginia. 
And that's when we just got ran out of the building. At halftime, the score, it went from a three-point lead to at halftime, we're down 26. What? And I, and I pretty much had the same feeling I did when Oklahoma played against LSU in a college football playoff. I just had this dazed look, and I'm just shaking my head like, I can't believe what I just watched. Unbelievable. It just seemed like it's one thing for Stevens, Eric Stevenson to make all these threes and because he has a really nice jump shot. It's one thing for him to make all these shots. But it's another thing when the role players start hitting threes. Like, I knew where we I knew we were in trouble when they went up, they went up 18. When, um, what's the name? Seth Wilson made the three-point jumper and the crowd went wild. I knew we were in trouble then. I, I just knew it. And it's just the same things. It's just the same thing I've been saying from the beginning. No one other than Grant Sherfield can consistently score the ball. And that's going to spell trouble. I knew it when I was watching them against South Alabama. I knew it. I was like, this doesn't seem like a tournament team. First five minutes of watching them. And right now, they're playing themselves out of the bubble. I left with eight minutes to go. I couldn't take it no more. We were down 30. We were down 30, and I wanted to catch the Chinese food place before they closed. I didn't end up going to the Chinese food place. I went to Sheets. But still, I was like, man, I got to get out of here. I parked down the street somewhere. And you know what? I'd rather get going now because I got a long walk ahead of me and we getting cooked. However, it's like someone said on Twitter. I know we're getting cooked, but I'm paraphrasing, but I can't look away. And that's the thing about these Oklahoma Sooners, this basketball team. It's the 2-8 and eight in conference. They got blown out of three out of their last four games. Yet I can't stop watching and I'm going to continue to watch. Because it's just, it's just my team, and I've been watching them for over, over a decade now. And, you know, I was in the student section for all those games. It's just hard to stay away. But this is just, this is just the latest blow that's just, just, it just defeats you. Like, it just makes you think, man, we have no hope. We have a lot of opportunity. Now, Kansas State is sliding, but I think they'll pick it back up and stay ranked. Uh, we got a lot of opportunity. Our next four games against ranked opponents. I think if we can win three out of four, which it ain't looking good right now, but if we can somehow win three out of four, we're back on the bubble. We lose all four, we might as well kiss the tournament goodbye unless we make a run. But even then, I mean, at Iowa State, at Kansas State, TCU at the end of the season, like, there's opportunity. That's the benefit of being in a tough league, that if you can go like 500 or close to it, you have a chance to make the tournament anyway. And we got that win versus Alabama, which is really good. It's just, like I said, the missed opportunities at the beginning of the season, man, you got to beat Texas at home. You had them. You had Iowa State. I watched those games. You had them. Just one play. One or two plays away from beating them. The Kansas game, I was there, and we had a 10-point lead with five minutes to go. Bruh, you missed all those opportunities. Now you're playing your worst basketball, and and you've lost five of six. And honestly, you almost lost to West Virginia the first time. So I'm like, this ain't looking good, but looking at the schedule, we got a lot of opportunity. We got to take advantage of it. And even even if we don't take advantage of it, we got the Big 12 tournament. We got the Big 12 tournament who we will probably play against, West Virginia. And we can get them back for this little blowout. Bro, I guess I had to rant about OU basketball because I'm here. I'm in Morgantown. I'm, I'm, in, I'm on High Street, which it looks like the Morgantown version of Campus Corner with a hotel that looks like the West Virginia version of the New Yorker. 
The New Yorker. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We have known the board is out. What? Yeah, oh. Okay. oh, that was weird. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. Alright, anyway, back to where I was, man. Oh, man. Housekeeping lady was kind of cute. It was a mistake, though. I Checkout was at 11. It's at 11. It's like 9.30. And they... Just and the woman, the housekeeping lady, just randomly came in. Anyway, um, that's why I'm here in Morgantown instead of at home doing something else productive like lift and officiating. But whatever, you know, uh, I'm at a nice spot. I'm happy with where I am. I like the hotel and all. And also, uh, I guess it's always cool to watch sports in Morgantown even though the basketball parking was annoying even though uh, eh, I probably could have paid a little bit of cash to park a little closer but you know it is what it is we lost we got cooked but it's not over it's not over whatsoever there's still time to save our tournament hopes or at least do well enough to make the NIT and host some games. But you see last year that didn't matter either. Because we got bounced out of that. But you know we'll see. We will see what happens from here. It's not looking good. But I'm here to tell you that. It's not over. They have a chance. They're in a tough league. They'll figure it out. There's no way they can play worse than they're playing right now. All right, man. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, let me look ahead to the Super Bowl quickly. I will do a preview show. You know, my team is the Eagles, if you don't know by now, because I keep telling you to respect the word. You should have got the word. And my team is in the Super Bowl. I don't think I ever gave my thought of about the Bengals and the Chiefs, at least not on air. But here's the thing. There is a lot of talk about the refs. And I am a football ref. And the funny thing is, I met the head ref at a referee camp in March. And he spoke. He was the keynote speaker. So I got a lot of respect for those guys. I got a lot of respect for that guy. And I think that same crew did the Super Bowl the year before. They did the Bengals and the Rams the year before. It's just a lot of little stuff about, you know, whether Burrow Burrow intentionally grounded on that one play. That was a big play in the fourth quarter. You know, whether or not. Mahomes flopped when he was going out of bounds. Eh, that was the right call. Uh, the referee stopping the play for whatever reason. We still don't have an explanation for that. Like, it's just stuff like that. It's just little things. A game that close, you can't leave it into the hands of the refs. And you did. It's just that the Bengals, the two turnovers were critical like the two interceptions is very critical. That's what really cost him the game. And also, Joe Mixon only ran for 19 yards. What? That's what makes their offense even more dynamic. The ability to run Joe Mixon because he's a very talented back. Yet still, they had a chance to win the game. They had a chance to win the game. It was tied up, and then they just started going backwards. It's crazy. And then they had a chance to stop the Chiefs. And, you know, they let Patrick Mahomes run around like Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson. And he ain't even 100%. It's just it's just the facts. It's, the, it's just the facts, man. Some of the referee and some of the officiating was questionable. But, I mean, you can't leave it in the hands of, a, of the refs. When you're in that level of football... We were playing for an AFC championship, and the 
The teams are so evenly matched. Like, it just... You just got to make sure you're making as less mistakes as possible. I'm just saying. That's why I couldn't decide who's going to win the game. I couldn't make a real prediction. I just I leaned towards the Chiefs, and that's what happened. They barely won. And it was up in the balance until the last minute. And that's exactly what my prediction was. I started with the Bengals. As soon as the Bengals beat the Bills, I was like, you know what? I think the Bengals are going to beat the Chiefs because they're on a roll and they're confident in their ability to beat the Chiefs. But then I kept thinking about it. I was like, you know, the Chiefs are the slightly better team and they have the best player in the league in Patrick Mahomes. So I'm like, well, at least the best quarterback in the league. I don't know about best overall player, but. I was like, you know what? I'm going to lean towards them. I kept waffling back and forth. And then at the end, I just said, you know, the Chiefs are going to win. And that's what happened. They actually took control. They had control most of the game. And then the Bengals fought back like they did. Like they did every, like they do every time they play the Chiefs. It looked like the Chiefs are going to pull away and then the Bengals fight back. And usually they just take the game and steal the game away. But this time they didn't. They didn't. They just make critical mistakes at the wrong time. Way too many third and longs, fourth and longs for the Bengals. And yet they were still in it. Just a shame, man. They could have won if they made one less mistake. The penalties, the turnovers, it cost them. Now they're at home. Also, on the way to Morgantown, I was listening to the Kelsey's podcast, The New Heights. See, free advertisement. You love it. You got to love it. But, you know, they don't they don't really need the advertisement for me. Right. But anyway, but check out that show anyway, because it's really good. It's really good. They talked about the show. They talked about their games. Kelsey felt bad for the 49ers. He was actually playing. I thought he was less likely to feel bad than I was. Because once he saw that they didn't really have a quarterback, he, he felt bad and. He thought it wasn't fair. I mean, that's my initial reaction. I was like, bro, you got one of the best defenses in the league. Keep it a low-scoring game, and then maybe you still find a way to win the game and bleed clock by running. But you couldn't do it. The only reason you were in this position anyway, because you couldn't stop our pass rush. And that's one of our strengths. Come on, man. I, I felt bad for a little bit, but I just thought about it. And I was like, it's no excuse. It's no excuses. There are some things they could have done differently. But anyway, when it comes to this matchup off the top, if the Chiefs can't run the ball, that's going to play into the Eagles' hands because they have 70 sacks. They got a they got a bunch more in the playoffs. And they got a really good pass rush and a really good secondary. So that just makes for, there you go, sacks and turnovers. That plays into our hands. The only thing, the biggest thing I'm worried about is Mahomes running the ball. That terrifies me. Because when the play breaks down, he's going to run, and he's and he should be healthier now. His high ankle sprain should feel better now, or a little bit better. Now, it, I don't think it's going to be 100%, but it should be good enough to where he can be a threat running the ball. And it's just, it's going to challenge our secondary. If we can stay disciplined, I don't know how much man-to-man they're going to play. If they play man-to-man and no one's open, he's taking off. He's taking off because everyone's going to have their back turned to him. That's what I'm worried about. You know what I'm saying? Kelsey going to get his. The receivers are okay. I mean, I think they were better on their original teams. I'm talking about Valdez, Gantling, and Juju Smith-Schuster. It's just... Unbelievable, man. Like, wow. Yeah, like, they have to run the ball. They have to. Kind of make our pass rush, keep our pass rush honest, and keep them from really teeing off on Patrick Mahomes. Because if you remember, against the Bucks, the main reason why they lost is because Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. 
That is why they had to change their offensive line. That's why they got two Sooners on the offensive line. They they got they got Orlando Brown from the Ravens and they drafted Creed Humphrey. They had to change their entire line because Patrick Mahomes was dying against the Buccaneers. It, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And it and it seems like we could do the same thing. And the Eagles offensively. I'm not too worried about the Chiefs' defense because I know what I noticed, something weird I noticed in Madden. I know it's just Madden, but Clara Loftus, I think he played with Purdue. or I think he played with Purdue, but he's a young, up-and-coming pass rusher. He was a problem in Madden. Hopefully, that's not real. Hopefully, it was a fluke. And also, Chris Jones, of course, is the guy you got to worry about. But, I mean, come on. Dexter Lawrence, Nick Bosa, we we limited them both. And those were people we had to worry about going into the game. We can do the same thing here. And the Eagles offense, like, they can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They got RPOs. There's just so many things they can do. It's hard to shut this team down. You just saw it against the Niners. The passing game wasn't there. Jalen Hurts still dealing with his shoulder. And yet, we still ran the ball in the second half. Like, we weren't throwing the ball much either, just like the Niners. It just became a game of running and defense in the second half. And we can play that type of game. See what I mean? That's what's going to make the Eagles tough to beat. We'll see what happens, though. I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a classic. It's going to come down to the wire. But you know I got the bird winning by three. Like I said, I'll give more of a preview next show. But for now, I got the bird winning by three. Um. Okay. The Wizards. So the Wizards are frustrating me too. And unlike the Oklahoma Sooners, they aren't. What am I trying to say? So they they aren't going down by 20, 30 points like the Oklahoma Sooners. They go up 20, 30 points and then they let the team come back. Back to back. I've never seen this before. But on Friday night, a game I really wanted to go to but decided not to because I was like, you know what? I think I should work. I think I should work, and I did. I reffed, and then I did lift. So I was like, eh, I'll just hold off on that. It was very enticing. I was like, Dame Lillard, Bradley Bill, the post-game concert got Ja Rule and Rick Ross. I'm like, mm, man, I want to go to this game. But I held off. And from... My iPhone updates, because I got the Wizards app, and from the radio, it looked like we were going to easily beat these guys. We were up like 26. And the Blazers came back. I was a little bit worried when that third quarter lead shrunk to like six. I was like, man, what's going on? And then they lost. Unbelievable. Simons had 33. I know he's pretty good. But here's the thing. Trendon Watford. Trendon Watford. I was like, who is that? I had to look at his Wikipedia to get reminded of who that was. He played at LSU and he had 21 points. He's a he's not a rookie. He's a second year player. Bruh, he had 21. Damian Lillard only had, he was in the single digits at halftime. He finished with 29. This is ridiculous. I, unbelievable. Trendon Wofford, some random guy off the bench, had 21 points. Well, okay, I'm not sure if he's like a bench player. He played 30 minutes, so maybe he's maybe he's the fifth best starter. Nevertheless, he scored 21 points. I'm like, what in the devil? They had five players in double figures. Bruh, 
he had a 26-point lead. And let, let, let me get to this. And then we come back the next day. See, I forgot about this game. When the schedule came out, I circled it kind of in my mind because I was like, maybe I'll go because it's in Brooklyn. I like taking little trips to Brooklyn. I like taking little trips to New York City. I just hop on a train and it's easy. I was like, maybe I'll go to this game. But I didn't. I did not. You know, I ended up going to Morgantown. It's okay. Well, I didn't really take going to this game seriously anyway. Because, you know, if I would have, I would have put money down and all that. But I didn't. So, we come back after blowing a 26-point lead and losing by eight. And by the way, Porzingis went off. Like, Porzingis, Porzingis plays well at home. He had 32-8-4. Bradley Bill had 34. What more can you ask for? And yet we still lost. And then this this ain't this this ain't even the best part. This ain't even the best part. We come back. We come back after that and lose to the Nets in a similar fashion. Like we gave up 124 against the Blazers, right? We give up 125 against the Nets. But this time, we scored seven more points, and we had a chance to win at the end. Man, we were up 19 after one. At one point, we had a 25-point lead. And we lost. And 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 guess what? Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Ky- Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Neither of them played. I was like, you know what? This is going to be easy. We're going to win this. And it looked like we were going to roll. And then, of course, we just die in the second half. And Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas, who was a teammate of Trendon Watford at LSU, he scores 44 points. Game over. And Chris Stapps Porzingis had 38. And you know what sucks? They lost in the Cherry Blossom uniform. You cannot lose in the Pink Cherry Blossoms uniforms. That's embarrassing. Come on, man. Cam Thomas? And I was looking at, because I was like, where is this coming from? How is he doing this? I just looked at the game logs. I was like, surely this guy averages 20 a game. Maybe there's something I'm missing here. No. He averages eight points, one rebound, one assist a game. And he's very inconsistent. He had some games where he scored 15, 20 points. But he also had plenty of games where he didn't score I mean, the last time he played the Wizards, he had five points in 19 minutes. This guy is very inconsistent. He's kind of on a roll now, 21, 19, and then 44. Still, what the heck? He was a negative 43 against the Celtics. Bro, you have got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding These two games... And similarity is ridiculous. Got cooked by two LSU players. With one being out. And then we blew 25 point leads. Man, this team, man. I I don't know how I watch this team. I don't know how I root for these basketball teams. Because they be sorry. And they be giving me a headache. Unbelievable, man. I I think we're still in the play-in conversation. Let Let me see real quick. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure we're still in the plan. Uh, we because we start playing well enough because we 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 once again did well at the end of a West Coast road trip. Once again, now okay, there we go. We're we're in eleventh. We're outside of the plan. Um, we're tied with the Pacers and we lost that tiebreaker because we've lost to them two out of three. Okay. It just seems like we're on a collision course to play against the Hawks. 
And I'm not very confident in that. And it's going to be a dilemma for me because those are my two favorite teams. We'll see. I think that's where we're headed. And I don't like going against Trey Young when the lights are bright and the chips are pushed to the table. As Even though we got a lot of veterans, especially ones that have been there, done that, like Bradley Bill, I still, I'm still not confident in it. All right, real quick, the Caps. The Caps, sometimes they be Cap. They won two thrillers. So I talked about the Penguins game, and it just feels it feels great to beat the Penguins, especially in the way that they did uh, a shootout. And it was just a last-minute thing. I, I loved it. Their heroics of uh, Backstrom and I think Kunetsov. Kunetsov really was heroic in Columbus. The funny thing about this game was I was listening to it on the radio. We had a 3-1 lead. Then they scored the second goal because I was doing lift mostly during this game. They scored the second goal. I was like, okay, that's that's fine. I mean, they're at, they're at home. They're going to fight. Then they scored that third goal. I'm like, are you kidding me? I know we ain't just blow a 3-1 lead. We're out here blowing 3-1 leads like the 2016 Warriors. That's crazy. Or Doc Rivers coach team. <laughs> I mean, as many times as the Caps choked in the playoffs, it seemed like Doc Rivers coaching that team. But anyway, <laughs> enough of the jokes, man. Respect to Doc Rivers. Uh, anyway, I mean, I... Okay. So I stopped to, you know, use a restroom and take a break from Lyft. And we were going to overtime. Like, on my way to the harbor to do all this, we were holding on. Like, Columbus, it seemed like they had the momentum. And I just kept hearing them shooting and lingering, making stop after stop. I'm like, come on. There was one shot I heard on the radio that Columbus, it looked like, they almost had it, and we barely stopped them. And I was like, come on, bro, just hold on. And we held on, and I had the biggest sigh of relief. I got out the car, and I was like, you know, I guess we'll uh, find a way to win in overtime. At least we got it to overtime. I was like, they messed up letting us get the overtime because now we can regroup and collect ourselves and we can possibly win this game. Bro, I come back. I went to Royal Farms, right? If you know MGM and National Harbor, you know where the Royal Farms is. So I go in, bathroom's closed. I come out. You know what? Screw it. I go to MGM. I'm driving to MGM. And I hear them. And I hear the radio call about, oh, he shoots, he scores, and the Capitals go up 4-3, and they escape Columbus, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I thought it was a, a historic clip. I thought it was a clip they played from back in the day or from a few years ago. They tell me that it was from the night, and they scored the game-winning goal 26 seconds in the overtime. I'm like, what in the world? I'm in the parking lot. I'm in the MGM parking lot. I'm like, this happened that fast? I thought it was still the pregame show, but I forgot. Overtime intermissions aren't that long. So, wow. Unbelievable. Great win. Great way to head into the All-Star break. I didn't watch any of the NHL All-Star stuff. But it's a great way to head into the break for the Caps. And if the playoffs starts today, we'd be playing Carolina. And you know what I said before, we owe them one because they beat us in seven games in 2019. So we definitely owe them one. So hopefully that that happens and we'll, uh, we'll see. Now, on to the WNBA. On to the WNBA. WNBA free agency going crazy. They made a little waves. They made a little headlines. Now, 
I kind of warned y'all about this. Kind of. In the slightest way. Like, when I was commenting about the playoffs, like, I looked at the free agency. And there was a lot of big names on there. But I was thinking they all were going to stay with their teams. I was just wondering how all these people would fit on the Mystics. I told you Vandersloot and Quigley were on free agency. I said Candace Parker. I was like, Brianna Stewart is the biggest name, of course. John Quill Jones. It was a lot of big names. Brittany Griner. Looked like Brittany Griner is going to stay with Phoenix, I guess. I don't know. We don't know what she's going to do. She's probably just trying to get back in basketball shape. Anyway, as I was saying, free agency looked crazy. I, I need to post a clip warning y'all about this. And also my warning about the New York Liberty when they drafted Sabrina Inescu. I was like, this team is trash now, but they're building something. I knew they were on the way. And now it looks like they may have arrived. Because, well, I forgot about the John Quell Jones thing. I don't know how that slipped my mind. I forgot they had her. Then they really made waves when they got Brianna Stewart. So they got two MVPs on their team to play with a rising star in Sabrina Inescu. She's an all-star. Off the out the break. She's only been in the league like two years. And she's already, I think she's been in the all-star game twice already. And then to add the cherry on top, you get Courtney Vandersloot. One of the, the better players on um Chicago. I think she was an all-star at one point too. So it's like that team is loaded. Bro, your whole starting lineup is all-stars. <laughs> oh, my God. And I ain't even get to the best part. Dog, the Las Vegas Aces got Candace Parker. I thought Candace, Park, Candace Parker, I was like, you know what? If she don't come to Chicago, if she don't do Chicago, maybe she can come to D.C. And I still got to see what um, Chene Agumake does. I think... Is NECA a free agent? But I don't know. Would love to have Chene in D.C. I got to check and see if she signed anywhere. Um, I don't think Liz Cambage is going to be in the WNBA. It's just too much drama, but we'll see. We'll see when the season starts and people start losing. We'll see what happens then. But what the Mystics did was they brought back Christy Tolliver. That's another thing I mentioned when I was looking at the free agency. I was like, maybe we can bring her home. She need to come home. And she's she's back. She's back. I love it. Just going to bring more scoring off the bench, and we're going to need it going against these super teams. Um, On paper, it looks like it should be aces and liberty. But we're going to see. Injuries happen. Chemistry issues happen. Who knows? Anything could happen. Anything could happen. And I'd still watch Seattle because they got Gabby Williams and they got um, Jewel Lloyd. And I know how good Jewel Lloyd is. She cooked the Mystics in that second game. So I know how good she is. Watch her. Watch her. She might be an MVP candidate. I'd watch her. Also, um, because now Brianna Stewart ain't on the team. Sue Bird. Ain't on the team. So, it's a wrap. (laughs) Now, with the Mystics, also, they got Brittany Sykes, who also is from the Sparks. Now, she killed us in D.C. the last time we played. And we had that disappointing game against the Sparks. A team that just wasn't doing that great. And just lost Liz Cambage. They came into ESA in Congress Heights, and they beat the Mystics. And it just shouldn't have happened. And the reason why is because Brittany Sykes had an amazing game, and now she's on our team. So it's just, it just, we're just adding two veteran scores off the bench, 
and it just makes our team de- deeper. And we still got Deladon. We got a growing Shakira Austin. And we still got Ariel Atkins, who is an all-star. And Natasha Cloud just had her best season in the league. Like, and guess who we opened the season with? Guess who the Mystics opened the season with? The Liberty. One of the two super team Titans. We start the season with them at ESA. I'm trying to go. Because this is going to be lit. And you know Natasha Cloud is probably doing push-ups and punching, punching bags. Just itching to get ready for the Liberty. Because I know she sees all this nonsense. I know she sees all this super team madness. And I know she is itching to lock something down. And knock off the Liberty. We'll see. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game, and I can't wait. It may can't come soon enough. But, yeah, yeah, WNBA free agency, you know, it was dope. Made some headlines and got people talking, and that's that's how you get more eyes on the league, and I like that. Uh, real quick, uh, I guess I can check out OU women's basketball real quick. Just on the fly. On the fly. I'm going to look at their uh, schedule. I'm about to look at their schedule on the fly. And I'm like, okay, they're 17-4. and four. They just blew out West Virginia. They blew out TCU. We got blown out by Texas and Iowa State. I don't know why they have so much problems with Texas and Iowa State. They destroy everybody else, but they have lots of problems with them. Oh, they beat Iowa State. Oh, they actually beat them. But they got blown out. They didn't get blown out. But, no, they've lost three of four to Iowa State. They just lost to them when Taylor Robertson got the record for three-pointers in a career in the NCAA. Congrats to her. I always marvel at her shooting. I watched her highlights. I'm like, how does she make all those threes? How is her jump shot so pure? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to continue to study her to see how I get my jump shot like hers because it's so good. But they're 17 and 4. They're 17 and 4. They're leading the Big 12. I don't know why they lost to Texas by 20. And I, I'm just, I just don't understand. But it is what it is. Um, in the rankings, they are ranked 20th. They dropped six because they got blown out by Texas and they lost to Iowa State. But it's okay. Texas is ranked two. That's that's fine. Um, Yeah. You know, I got to keep an eye on them. They're definitely doing better than the men's. Maybe we should shift our attention from the men's and start watching the women because they're actually playing some basketball and they're winning games and they might win the Big 12. Now, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, when you got to play against South Carolina, Stanford and LSU and UConn, I don't I don't know if they're going to survive that. But we don't have to worry about that right now. For now, let's just enjoy them winning in the Big 12 and doing their thing, and let's just celebrate that for now. But when we get to the nitty-gritty in March, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding. So whatever problems they have, they better figure it out. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Uh, the Oklahoma Sooner football schedule came out, and it seems like it looks like we're not going to the SEC right now. It looks like we're staying until 2025. So we got to play all these new Big 12 teams. So it's going to be two years of kind of in-between-ish nonsense with the Big 12. So we got more teams in the Big 12. So I guess it's two divisions. I don't know how the division split up. I will look it up at some point, just not right now. (laughs) And, okay, we got Arkansas State, got SMU, Tulsa, very underwhelming. But three teams that won't be easy to beat. But the way we recruit and our history and our talent, we should beat all three of them. But we'll see. It's not going to be easy, especially going to Tulsa. But every time we go to Tulsa, we win. 
So uh, we'll see. At Cincinnati, I might go to that one because of the proximity. And I get to hang out with Zach probably. Uh, Iowa State game, that's going to be that's going to be tough, even though Iowa State isn't as good without Brock Purdy. Texas, we got to get them back. We lost 49 to nothing. They we, they have to get this work. Usually we have a game right after the Texas game, but we got to buy. That's weird. But this whole schedule is weird. UCF, I mean, we can't get them back for 2017, but, you know, all that talking they were doing in 2017, maybe this is the closest thing to it. So we can finally, you know, beat them and humble them. Um, we'll see. Probably won't be an easy game, but history tells me we should win. At Kansas, we usually win, but it's never easy. Oklahoma State, we, yeah, yeah, we got to win that game. Because it's Oklahoma fake. We got to win that game. West Virginia, at, we got to get them back for last year. At BYU, it's a trip I really want to make, and I don't know if I'm going to. I'm, oh, and by the way, I'm undecided on OU Texas. I may or may not go. I will definitely go in 2024, but 2023, I'm undecided. And if I do, I'm leaving Saturday morning. So it's so as soon as I hop on the plane, I'm going straight to the game. TCU is personal. They blew us out. They spring their blowout of Oklahoma sprung them into the national championship or into the playoffs where they got washed. So I took that personally. So I kind of want to go watch it. Oh, that game on Friday It's right after Thanksgiving. It's going to be tough for me to make that game. But it's personal. I kind of want to see it. Okay, pretty underwhelming schedule. But if we take care of business, we're going to be in a mix, no matter how underwhelming the schedule is. And we get a preview of how the Big 12 is going to look in the near and not too distant future. I'm curious, you know, I'm curious to see how this goes. For sure. Okay. The Phillies got Josh Harrison, another player that was on the Nationals recently. So they got Trey Turner, Cal Schwarber, Bryce Harper, and now Josh Harrison. What's next? What well, seriously, what's next? So when Soto's contract is up because he hasn't been extended yet. They're going to get Soto. I'm surprised they didn't get Josh Bell. But they got Reese Hoskins. They got Reese Hoskins. That that wasn't going to work. You know, I'm cool with Josh Bell going to Cleveland. Talked about that on the last Zach show. But, yeah, it's just another weapon for the Phillies. They're going to be tough to beat. They just went to the World Series. It doesn't look like they're slowing down. The Mets and the Phillies spending all this money. Uh, We'll see how that works out for them. It just looks like they're drifting further and further away from the Nats while we struggle in this dumb rebuild. The prices of winning the World Series when you go all in and it doesn't work out afterwards. It's harder to create a dynasty in pro sports than it is in college sports. And that's just the latest example. Okay, so LeBron LeBron is close to passing Kareem on the all-time scoring list. Oh, and by the way, and by the way, he's also top 10 in assists if I'm not mistaken. So, he's also, yeah. Let me see. Let me see. I'm I'm about to look at it right now. This guy, man. This guy's unbelievable. It's going to come up soon. <laughs> I'm going to edit all this out. I'm going to edit all this out. Anyway, LeBron. Oh, my God. LeBron is not only the leader in points. Oh, he's about to be the leader in points. But he's fourth in assist all time. I think he's going to catch Chris Paul because Chris Paul ain't really playing like that. Well, Chris Paul be in and out of the lineup. Um, Maybe he'll catch Chris Paul. I don't know. But he's fourth in assists, and he's about to be number one in points. Just straight-up greatness. 
And, you know, his chase for the scoring title just reminds me of Ovi and his chase of the most scored goal scored of all time. It's just GOAT level behavior. Because both guys have the longevity. They've been consistently great for so long that they're setting and breaking their own records. And that's what being the greatest of all time is all about. When you're on that level, you set records that people is going to be tough for people to catch. You collect all the awards. You break all the records. And you do it consistently for a long time. That's what LeBron and Ovi have in common, the longevity. They've both been playing for 20 years, for almost 20 years. And that's just, it's just something to admire. It's just something that's tough to emulate. But if you try your best, man, if you try your best to do so, you can do some great things in this world. And they provide a great example by setting these records and breaking these records. No one ever thought the Kareem record was ever going to get broken. That's crazy. But here we are. I don't think anyone's going to break the John Stockton record. I mean, LeBron and CP3, they got over 10,000 assists. If you want to even get in the ballpark of having the most assists of all time, you got to have at least 10,000. So they both have over 10,000, but John Stockton has 15,000. That's going to be tough to catch. And once again, John Stockton played for almost 20 years. See, when you're great, you can stretch out your career for a while. You can be great for long periods of time without slowing down. Injuries, no injuries, you're still going to keep going because you're just that great. And there it is. No GOAT level combo, but... Goat level example there. <laughs> oh man, listen, no hypothetical. I thought it was going to be a triple threat rematch between the 04, between the 04 Eagles, the 2017 Eagles, and the 2022 Eagles. But we're going to hold off on that. We'll come back to that later. So for now, you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.